Welcome to this special bonus episode of the Passive House Podcast. I'm Zach Semke, Director of Passive House Accelerator, and we're happy to be sharing a series of bonus episodes recorded in Hamilton, Ontario at the Passive House Canada Conference 2023. These interviews were conducted by Mary James, our Director of Publications, and Michael Ingwi, our founder. A big thank you to Euroline Windows for underwriting this special series. Please enjoy. This is Michael Ingwi from the Passive House Accelerator at the Passive House Canada Conference. And uh, we've got a really exciting interview. Give us your name. Uh, Matthew Bowers, mm-hmm. Matt Bowers, with uh, Rochester Passive House Consulting. And uh, I am a PHI certifier. I am a Passive House uh, designer. And I'm also a certified tradesman. Uh, I'm also a trainer with the Passive House Network as well. Yeah, it's going to be hard to get into. Yeah, it's going to be hard to get into. It's a lot of it's a lot of letters after my name there. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I'll tell you just because this is the first time we've met. Even though I feel like I've known you right. forever now, um, this is the first time we've met. We met in person, but um, I mean, you do a lot of inspirational work. I, I think a lot of the teaching, tradesman stuff. I mean, just in so many different pieces of it. Um, a, how do you find time for that? <laughs> and 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 B, uh, are you working on anything really interesting? Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, it's it's of passive house is kind of a labor of love. Um, you know, I, I I started my passive house journey uh, when I was in college. Right, I was I was going to RIT uh, learning about uh, HVAC systems, and I wanted to design HVAC systems. And then I learned about this thing called passive house and uh, building so energy efficient they don't need furnaces. And so then I was like, well, why am I doing this, right? Why am I designing HVAC systems? So then I began my passive house journey as getting certified as a tradesman and then a consultant. Um, so back in 2018, I started my own company. Um, 2016, I started my own company. And I've been doing passive house consulting really ever since. Um, and so... That kind of brings us up to today, um, and so I started right in the single-family realm of Passive House, and then we got a few small commercial projects, and uh, now I'm working on the Passive House, I'm, I'm the Passive House designer for Blueprint Robotics' new manufacturing facility that's going to be in Windsor, Connecticut. Yeah, I have to tell you, we, we, we've been hearing grumblings of a really cool project happening. Uh, I mean, what can you tell us about it? It's big. Um, <laughs> so uh, it, it's, it's over six acres large. Um, and so just to, you know, when I say 450,000 square feet, that kind of gets lost in the shuffle of just how big it is. When I say it's six and a half acres big, uh, that kind of puts it into perspective. Um, we're working on certifying the office portion of it. And right now we're still in the early stages of, of bringing it to the Passive House Institute. Um, we are trying to uh, analyze all of the internal heat gains and process loads that the facility is going to have to see if the factory side of it is uh, passive house doable as well. So um, lots of fun conversations and calculating how much energy a saw uses and, and a laser pointer and, and all of the other really, really cool tools that they have. They've got electric driven forklifts that we have to worry about, ventilation loads. 
Um, so yeah, it's just overall, it's a really, really fun project to, to yeah. try to analyze. That is really, really exciting. Uh, I'd say it's great that, I mean, they're in the past files world. They do great work already. And the fact that they're going to do this with the factory is, um, yeah, it's pretty it, incredible. It's, uh, they're, they're going a hundred percent mass timber for everything. Oh, that's so fun. yeah, yeah so that's they're, cool. they're bringing CLT panels in and they're mm-hmm. going to build the whole factory in CLT. Uh, the office is going to be CLT plus a little extra insulation, uh, pa- passive house certified windows, passive house certified ventilation system, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. The uh, the blueprint team is just really really fun to work for because they know because they they build lots of passive house projects. Mm-hmm. Um, they know the value in it, yeah. so it's 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 a different perspective to try to. Uh, to not have to worry about convincing your client that no, we need to stay on the passive house path because they're already there. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I mean, and so, why did they decide to go mass timber? What 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 made some of that some of those decision points important? Uh, a lot of it comes down to embodied carbon mm-hmm. compared to a steel building with with foam insulation. Um, and they're practicing what they preach. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of their projects utilize CLT. Um, for for different shaft ways and, and things like that. So uh, to be able to utilize some of their their current processes to help build this building um, is just it's really really exciting and and like I said they're they're a lot of fun to work with. Cool, fun. Uh, so you're you're involved in so many aspects of the passive house community in the world, and and you're actually really. Like pretty deep into projects at the same time. So what's cool about that is, is very often you'll get people who are kind of helping to run things, but they're, they're not really in the trenches. Right. I mean, you're, you're 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 helping to do both, which is which is honestly great. Um, what do you think the community needs? Um, if you could click the back of your feet, and, uh, and all of a sudden we have some really good stuff. That's like <laughs> like a thousand more laborers. <laughs> um, um, uh, uh, but you know what? You know where where do you see it going? And, uh, and, yeah. and what are you interested in? That's that's a great question. So I I really got into the passive house community, and I started doing <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I started doing training with Passive House Network right before the pandemic hit. I really wanted to get into in person trainings, mm-hmm. and I think we've all come to the realization that in person trainings have kind of gone out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes so much more sense to be able to just dedicate a few hours in your office mm-hmm. and and continue working and not have to take a week off. Um, so I still do uh, webinars, live webinars, and things like that with Passive House Network, but I really like the education aspect of it, and you know it's it's kind of a catch twenty two. We need more designers. We need more tradesmen, but we also need more clients asking for Passive House Mm -hmm. and, you know, bringing it to the code level, bringing Passive House to the code level, I think is one thing, but having the people there to demand Passive House, um, the clients there demanding Passive House, I think is really what's going to take it to the next level is just have that market presence that it's just being asked upon Mm -hmm. because that's going to um, motivate builders to get certified as tradesmen because they've got a client who wants to do this, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to motivate the architects who are doing their, the, the design work to get certified. And so all of those other things kind of fall in place when the demand skyrockets. Uh, tell me a little bit about BPAC. Uh, this, sure. this is a cool announcement today. I was happy to be front row center when, when you guys described it. Yep. Yeah, so, so BPAC is an avenue um, 
for scaling up passive house. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I really like the terminology that was used during the presentation today, how it's a library. It's not necessarily a new standard. It's a library of standards. And BPAC is really going to be focused on in, increasing the capacity to QA projects and get them through the pipeline to be uh, to be credentialed or certified or whatever term you you want to use, mm-hmm. um, and so it's the transparency aspect of BPAC that's going to be really really important because coming from the energy modeling side, you know what do I use for my internal heat gains for this type of building? What do I use for occupancy? What do I use for for my utilization period or ventilation rates or, or whatever the the question comes when you're digging into the PHPP and you just really don't know what values to use. Um, the transparency of BPAC being able to utilize a database of previous projects and what those assumptions are, and you have a, a starting place for your energy model so that you can continue the design process, is that to me is going to be the most valuable aspect. Yeah, especially for people who do repeatable work. or Because not every house or a building is the same. Exactly. But sometimes what you're doing is similar. Right. And, and starting from 20% or even 40%. Right. Is so much better than starting at zero when between zero and 20 and 40, you're really just doing the same thing over and over again. Right, exactly. Um, You you want to get to the good stuff. Yeah, you know. That's exciting. And so, you know, different, different building types. We've got, you know, aquatic centers that have been certified, hospitals that have been certified, fish hatcheries, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever the the building type is, Mm -hmm. we'll have access to that information to really help guide the designers for their projects. RIT has come up a few times. And, and you graduated from it, and I should, yeah. have, I should have known, given, sure. where, given where you are. Are you still associated with the school? Do you still know, you know any, anybody going to the school? How did RIT's education... I'm going to start again. Said Sorry. Um, uh, how did uh, RIT's educational uh, makeup help you kind of move towards where you want to go today? That's a great question, um, and one that I really haven't shared, actually, mm-hmm. with too many people. Um, so I, I was in the Navy for six years. I was a nuclear engineer on an aircraft carrier, and... Um, when I got to college, I was, I was 22 years old, right? I knew everything. I had, I had traveled the world, right? Mm-hmm. And, and worked on an aircraft carrier. I had worked with all these pumps and valves and stuff. Um, and what it really taught me was one, their co-op, uh, requirement for, for graduation. Um, I wanted to have my co-ops waived because I had worked in the Navy for six years. They wouldn't let me. And I didn't understand why until I had to look for a job, right? And mm-hmm. that process of having a resume and submitting it and sitting in on an interview and learning how to talk to people professionally, all of those kinds of things were taught because of the co-op process. Mm-hmm. The co-op process also got me to where I am today because the, the, the company that I worked for for my co-ops is the one who got me trained as a passive house designer. So... Um, so all of those things within RIT, the, the co-op process and, uh, the, the faculty over there really helped inspire me to, to get to where I am today. Uh, that being said, uh, Rochester does have a, uh, a network of building science professionals. They get together every two weeks. Uh, right. And, uh, so we get together with some of the faculty at RITs. They, they invite some of the students who are in the architecture program or the engineering programs over there. Um, and just, you know, sit down and talk about 
projects that they're currently working on or, or you know, different, you know, different uh, other aspects of, of their profession. Uh, architects are invited, engineers and, and the students, and we'd all just kind of get together and just kind of keep everybody up to date on what cool stuff they might be working on. All right, now you're speaking my language. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. and, and by the way, I did not know that was one of the answers before I started this. <laughs> but like, I, that is the that is the exact thing I love to do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just because you get so much out of it, and everybody does. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so many times we've gotten together with different people who are new to it, not new to it, uh, young, old, and you know, I walk out and I'm like, wow, I really needed to be doing this detail that way. Right. Like, duh. Right. And um, that's that's really cool. I would love to hear more about that at some point as well. Yeah. So, I mean, before we end this, I, I think this is supposed to be short uh, podcast, <laughs> um, and I could go on and on with you. Any thoughts you'd like to, to leave with? Get a certifier involved as quick as you can. You know, they're a wealth of, they're a wealth of knowledge, and um, don't, I, I, I guess the, the, the last thing would be don't let a weird building typology um, keep you away from trying to, to make it a passive house. Um, that's how we have passive house certified YMCAs and aquatic centers and, and car dealerships and all those other kind of cool, different building types. Uh, if you're approached for a project that's a weird typology, don't say, let's learn how to do it. And then the next one I'll do passive house. Try to make the first one a passive house and involve a certifier as quick as you can. That's good advice. All right. So Sydney, this is Matt Bowers, Rochester Passive House Consulting, and, uh, we're at Passive House Canada. It's a wrap. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you.